Well, welcome back to another episode of Bite Size Virtue. This is episode two of season five, covering the period of time uh, for Advent and into the Christmas season um, between 2017 and 2018. We talked last week not about humility so much, but about the concept of simplicity, especially ontological simplicity and how this applies to people. This week, I want to actually transit into talking about humility. The virtue of humility, of course, was what the Ultimate Dragons voted on as being the topic for this round of bite-sized virtue episodes. And, I mean, humility, the thing about humility is it's a really difficult virtue to describe directly because it's a lot easier to understand by looking at what it is not. And even, you know, great philosophers like Thomas Aquinas tended to approach it from this way. Humility, of course, being contrasted with pride. Well, it's very easy to analyze what pride is and what the pitfalls of pride are and, you know, how that can uh, lead us down the path of sin. But then, well, how how do you derive humility out of that? Well, again, you look at pride and you're kind of just like, okay, now whatever this isn't, that's what the virtue is. But in this case, I'd like to focus on like an actual more concrete example of humility. Um, So I was listening to the most recent, actually it wasn't the most recent now that I think about it, because it was rather, it was an encore presentation of an episode they did three years ago. Uh, But anyways, I was listening to an episode from the Lanky Guys, which is, it's a Catholic podcast, it's published weekly, and it their whole thing is there's a priest and a uh, doctor of theology and they look at the mass readings for the coming Sunday. So this comes out on about Thursday and they look at the mass readings for the coming weekend. Um, And you know what? I started listening to them because of course, small children, um, I'm often in mass and then I have to like either step away to um, like rock a baby to sleep or my kids are down in Sunday school. And so I often miss the readings and or the homily. And so this podcast kind of became my substitute for that. Uh, I'm still go to mass, obviously, but you know, if I don't get to sit in the pew and listen to the readings and hear the sermon, well, at least I've listened to, you know, the lanky guys and they're really quite excellent analysis of the readings and what they mean and how they interconnect with each other and some of the historical and theological context for, you know, why these readings are being presented to us this week. Um, And so, you know, like I'm still feeling very fulfilled in my faith practice, which is good. But anyways, I was struck by an observation that they made. And I mean, they, this actually was kind of a tangent that they wanted because this doesn't even relate to what actually um, pertains to the third Sunday of Advent, although this episode, and it's even more of a tangent for this episode because this episode is meant to be, you know, the episode for the second Sunday of Advent. But be that as it may, it is going to come out on Friday and Saturday. I was struck by this observation. Um, they were discussing, they got into discussing for some reason, the, the presentation of the infant Jesus to Simeon, the old man in the temple. And like this happened, like we mark this in liturgical tradition, but it doesn't happen until February. So again, they kind of went on a real tangent. We're in December and they're talking about something that we're not going to talk about it really again until February. But they made the observation that, you know, like, let's remember what happened just for a minute in the temple, in the presentation of Jesus, right? Because, you know, you have the old man, Simeon, who beholds the baby Jesus and holds him aloft. And like the whole idea of, uh, or the whole thing about that encounter, the whole thing with Simeon was that he had been promised 
by God that he would not die until he had seen the Messiah. And when he finally encounters Mary and he finally encounters the baby Jesus, he holds the baby aloft and he prays this beautiful prayer called the Nunc Dimittis. Um, there's various musical settings to it. It's, an, I mean, obviously coming out of the Bible, it's one of the most ancient prayers we have. Uh, the English translation from the English Book of Common Prayer is, Lord, now lettest thou thy servant depart in peace according to thy word. For mine eyes have seen thy salvation, which thou hast prepared before the face of all people to be a light to lighten the Gentiles and to be the glory of thy people Israel. Think about that for a minute, okay? Mary has just been told that her baby, her little baby boy, is the fulfillment of all history, including history yet to unfold. Now, I'm a parent. I have four kids. And I love when my kids accomplish things. You know, even if they're relatively small things, I love it. And I love to talk up my kids to other people and, you know, talk about the things that my kids have accomplished or how clever they are, things like that. It's so natural as a parent, you know, want to talk about your children to others, to praise their abilities and their gifts. But that's not what Mary does with Jesus. You know, even after being told like, hey, (laughs) this is the king of the universe and the fulfillment of all history, including history that has not yet unfolded. And having beheld him now, finally, I, the humble servant of God, Simeon, can pass away in peace. How does Mary take this? She takes it into her heart with quiet contemplation. Totally different from how I'd be tempted to respond. Totally different from, I think, how most of us would be tempted to respond. Um, And indeed... That's who I want to put forward as kind of the real example of humility. And I mean, like, I know this is a very Catholic thing to say, Mary, okay, fine. But really, like, if you study the person of Mary in the Gospels, she is such an amazing example of humility in its best sense. She's such an amazing example of, you know, how to be a humble person because, you know, take the encounter with Simeon, you know, she takes everything that he says and ponders it in her heart. There are other times where this is exactly what she does. You know, she sees her son do amazing things and contemplates them in her heart, or she's told amazing things about her son and what he means. And she contemplates them in her heart. She doesn't trumpet them to the world. She doesn't, you know, try and, you know, she doesn't nudge her cousin Elizabeth. She's just like, your son's a prophet, but uh, you met my son. That's right. None of that. And even before Jesus is born, you know, Mary is greeted by the angel and she is told, you know, hey, like you have found favor with the Lord and, you know, you you will conceive and bear a son. Her response is interesting because, of course, her response is another beautiful prayer, um, one of the oldest prayers in the church called the Magnificat. My soul proclaims the greatness of the Lord. My spirit rejoices in God, my Savior, for he has looked with favor on his humble servant. From this day, all generations will call me blessed. The Almighty has done great things for me, and holy is his name. He has mercy on those who fear him in every generation. He has shown the strength of his arm. He has scattered the proud in their conceit. He has cast down the mighty from their thrones. He has lifted up the humble. He has filled the hungry with good things, and the rich he has sent away empty. He has come to the help of his servant Israel, for he has remembered his promise of mercy, the promise he made to our fathers, to Abraham, 
and his children forever. Glory to the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, or now, now, and will be forever. Amen. Alleluia. What's interesting about the Magnificat prayer is that, you know, Mary is... What she demonstrates here is kind of the other side of humility. And I think I've talked about this not in podcast form, but in like some of the bite-sized virtue articles I've written on the Codex before, which is to say, and I mean, I guess I did actually talk about it last week a little bit, is, you know, to really be humble is to be, in a way, you know, maximally authentic, is to see things as they really genuinely are. And to understand them as they really genuinely are. And to be, as a person, who you really genuinely are. And what's interesting about the Magnificat is that it demonstrates that Mary has a complete and total understanding of just who she is. Because she, in a way, like, the whole thing about the Magnificat is it is steeped in, if you know thing, uh, like, the, if you know the prophecies, especially of Isaiah, um, from the Old Testament, the Magnificat is just steeped in the prophet Isaiah. It is just steeped in, you know, all of the things that Isaiah asserted that God was promising to the people of Israel. Mary understands that, you know, she is the fulfillment of that, that she is in a certain way representative of Israel and its entire history. And that What will come forth from her is the fulfillment of all of those prophecies and promises. And her approach to it is not, again, boastful, but rather to say, you know, like, it's ultimately, it puts it all back on God. She's like, the Lord has done great things and he has lifted up the lowly and he has humbled the proud. And all of that is being fulfilled in her. And she sees that and she articulates it with stunning clarity for, you know, uh, um, who was probably, (laughs) for a girl who was probably, you know, about the age of 14 in the ancient Near East. Um, So, you know, it's not exactly as though she had had a scholarly education, right? And yet she is able to enunciate, to, to, to articulate just this amazingly clear understanding of what is about to happen and what its ultimate goal in history and salvation history is going to be. She understands herself. She sees herself clearly. And then as she goes forward from there, instead of being boastful as a mother or any parent really would desire to be of her son's amazing feats, um, she is just humble. She just takes it in and contemplates it. It's a beautiful thing. Anyways, um, thank you for listening. This episode was recorded entirely on my iPhone, so I apologize if it's a little bit rougher and a little less polished than, you know, the ones that I would normally do uh, editing it on my computer in Audacity, but such is the thing. Time constraints are what they are. It's already Friday, and here I am just recording the episode corresponding to the previous Sunday. I think that's just how this Advent is going to go for me, because it's a busy time. It's a busy time, but it's a good kind of busy, I think. At any rate, thank you all for listening. I hope, again, that this episode was some kind of insightful for you. 
And I will talk to you again next week. Until then, be virtuous. <laughs>